Hello, welcome to Let's Get Down to Business with the Prince Rupert and District Chamber of Commerce. We are here to give a voice to our local business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to strengthen and support our local business community and to share the wisdom and experience of longtime business leaders and the fresh ideas and experiences of new entrepreneurs. So let's get down to business. Hi, my name is Daphne Thompson, and I'm here with the Prince Rupin District Chamber of Commerce. Let's get down to business. And today I have the utmost privilege to have Dane Waldell here from Muscle Panda. We're going to chat about his story and how he got to Prince Rupert and what exciting things Muscle Panda has for us this year. Dane, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks, Daphne. I'm super happy to be here. Um, thanks for giving us the opportunity to uh, get together and chat. Looking forward to it. Awesome. So please tell us, how did you guys end up in Prince Rupert? How did this happen? So I'm originally from Saskatchewan. Um, I'm a teacher by training, by trade. I got a secondary physical education degree. Um, and a few years ago, I think about five years ago or so now, some people remember that uh, BC, <clears throat> the government in BC lost a court case against the teachers union. They had oh. to hire like 3,000 teachers in six months or something crazy. Um, that just so happened to be at the same time I was living in Saskatchewan. I was only working as a, like a substitute part-time teacher and was having trouble. They, there weren't a lot of cuts, there weren't a lot of jobs out there and they were cutting jobs, not really hiring jobs. Um, so as soon as I heard that BC was hiring, I was like, all right, it's time to go West, kind of find something out here. So applied all over the place, um, interviewed originally for a teaching spot in Hartley Bay. Um, but with the interview, it went really, really well. And the superintendent at the time offered me a position here in Prince Rupert under a continuing contract. And, um, nowhere else was offering continuing contracts. So I figured this would be a good place to get to BC and try and settle down some roots for a little bit. Awesome. So that's, mm -hmm. that's how you got to Prince Rupert. And then how yeah. did the idea of, of Muscle Panda come about? Um, originally, it was, we was going to be a series of classes running out of the uh, Civic Center with the recreation program from the city. Um, when I moved here, as a high school teacher, I helped start a high school wrestling program um, and the Civic Center got word of it. Um, and they asked, they also heard that I did uh, martial arts training and competed in MMA and jujitsu and kickboxing and boxing. And they said, hey, are you interested in teaching some classes at the Civic Center? Um, and I said, yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. <clears throat> so we had it all figured out. Um, the way the model worked is I had to be kind of an independent contractor. I wanted to set it up as an independent contractor. Um, so I needed the name. We went with Muscle Panda. It was a name from um, an old farmer's market business I had way, way back in the day. It's a long story in and of itself. But um, we were set to open March 31st, 2020. It was going to be our first class of the Civic Center. <laughs> Poor timing. It was about five or six days before we were set to open. Everything was shut down for COVID completely. So um, I was in a bit of a spot because I already put out money for insurance and websites and titles, and business licenses and this, that or the other thing. Um, and the Civic Center being a public facility, they, they were very nice about it. But they're like, we're, we're going to be closed for a long time. Like we're just, we're putting everything on hold. We don't know when stuff's coming back. So there's no point in trying to like come up with a temporary schedule. So uh, I uh, decided to try and uh, do kickboxing in the park. So I was offering drop-in when the weather was nice, people could buy punch passes and I would set up a schedule when the sun was out, we'd go to the park. Outside, it was allowed at the time with the COVID rules and we could do one-on-one -on -one kickboxing. Poor timing for me, it wound up being the rainiest summer 
I think we 2020 was ridiculous. I think we only had good weather. I remember two days in July, one day in August. It was oh, wow. pretty tricky. Yeah. But um, Yvonne Campbell at Genetics Fitness took a little bit of pity on me and she uh, she noticed the conundrum and said she had some open space in her basement um, and she let me train uh, clients out of there. So middle of August or so, I started training one-on-one clients uh, and it kind of it got fairly popular, kind of wound up filling out most of my days. And then I had to go back to school as a teacher in September. So I decided, well, there's enough interest here. Why don't I just buy myself a set of training mats and some heavy bags and stuff for equipment? Uh, I rented some space from Yvonne in her basement. She was expanding the basement of Genetics Fitness. So I rented, uh, rented some space, put down some training mats and started offering classes in October of 2020 in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and kickboxing. Um, as I'm sure you're aware, the, the rules and the lockdowns and the <clears throat> restrictions and the things we were and weren't allowed to do over the next 18 months were wild. So it was basically a game of whack-a-mole every few months of, okay, we've got a new thing coming. Here's what we got to change. We got to change the schedule. We got to change the procedures. We can do partners, but we can't do group classes. We know one-on-ones. We can do youth, but not adults, all those kinds of things. So it was just a matter of trying to find what programs I could run during the times we were allowed to be open. <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, and that kind of got us to this spring. So we, at the end of the school year here, just in July, about a month ago, we wound up moving into a brand new facility. Um, so we are now located in the, uh, the basement of the Museum of Northern BC. Uh, most people know it as the place where the gymnastics club used to be set up. Um, so we've taken over that space um, and we are, we're running summer camps right now, adult programs in the evening. And come September, we're gonna be offering a whole new slate of uh, our normal programs, jujitsu, kickboxing, wrestling, youth programs, adult programs, and strength and conditioning. Um, and I'm going to be bringing back a, uh, a strength training class that I used to teach uh, a few years ago around Prince Rupert that was really, really popular. So we got a lot of cool stuff coming up in September. It's super exciting. I'm looking forward to it. It's really, really busy summer because of it. Yeah, that sounds really, really exciting. But let's backtrack a little bit. Yeah, so sorry. That was I... a big word <laughs> spew. <laughs> no, that, that's awesome. I, um, we love to, to learn and get to know you about it better. So how did you actually get into martial arts? How did that happen? Um, so I, uh, I was a super jock growing up, um, basketball and volleyball. <clears throat> I'm tall. I got really long arms. I got a seven foot wingspan. So grade eight and grade nine, the basketball and volleyball coaches got a hold of me and were like, this is what you're doing all the way through high school. Um, I was pretty decent at it. Got offered a couple scholar, uh, college spots and that kind of thing, but ultimately decided not to do it. Kind of took a year or two off, uh, actually moved to Fernie and did a snowboarding thing for a little bit. Uh, and then I went back to university. Um, and unfortunately during one of my uh, phys ed classes in first year of university, I was oh, about 70, 80 pounds overweight from what I was back in high school when we were playing some volleyball and I jumped a little too high for being how fat I was and came down and snapped my knee in half. Uh, really, really badly. I tore my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus. I fractured a piece of the tibia. It was, it was gross, super brutal knee break. So <clears throat> had to deal with surgery. When I came back with the surgery and rehab, um, we're allowed to start doing sports and stuff again, but being nervous, I didn't want to go right back to basketball, volleyball, that other stuff. So I found uh, a local boxing gym that had a, a sale on for one-on-one -on -one lessons. Um, so I did two one-on-one -on -one privates a week for like nine or 10 weeks or something like that. They had a sale on. And I figured that'd be good because 
it's mostly upper body, right? Um, doing a lot of punching, it'll be easy on the knees. Um, little did I know that Moses, the boxing coach, was going to make us run before every practice and all that kind of stuff. But essentially, I, uh, I started doing that, and he, he kept bugging me all the time. He's like, hey, you're a good athlete. You're picking this up quick. You should do sparring. You should try sparring. I was always like, absolutely not. No, that's scary. Fighting, like getting punched in the face. No, 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 no. I, I run away from that stuff. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And that and is intentional. Like, yeah, you know right? Like that's the natural response. Somebody wants to get hit. People that do that crazy shit for fun. So, uh, sorry, I should watch my language. Um, so, uh, that's how it was. And, but he kept bugging me months and months. So I wound up doing one-on-ones with him for, I think five or six months, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and mount up getting right back in shape to the point where I could play basketball and volleyball and all that kind of stuff again. Um, and then one day I usually have training at Friday at two and he texts me, Hey, I can't make the two o'clock spot. Do you want to come at 7 PM tonight? I have an opening. And I was like, ah, sure. Why not? So I go to the gym I walk in, there's already 10 or 11 other guys in there pulling on headgear, mouth guards in wrapping up. I see the timer getting pulled down, spit buckets being put in the corner. Oh crap. It's sparring night. So did he so, trick you a little bit there? Yeah. He tricks me into showing up for sparring night. Now, he didn't just chuck me in and like eat puns and go. They they have some some drills and steps and there's there's progressions into sparring. Um, so I did that the first night and at the end of it, you do a sparring round where you get to hit somebody and they get to hit you back. And the weirdest thing happened: I got hit in the face, and about thirty seconds later, I was like, "Oh, this is the most fun thing ever." Um, <laughs> it was a very yeah, it was a super weird experience. I was just like, "Oh, this is like all the things I really liked about basketball and volleyball that like." especially in basketball and volleyball, you kind of have these one-on-one matchups within the mm-hmm. team game. Where you're like, no, you and me today, I'm going to prove I'm better than you. And that competitive nature of it, plus the fact that there's no referees or anything, it's just you and that other dude. You're just going to figure out who's in better shape, who's faster, who hits harder, all that kind of stuff. So boxing, I got hooked immediately. <laughs> wound up joining the competition team. Um, and once again, in the theme, he tricked me into going to the Alberta Golden Gloves about <laughs> six months later. He said, hey, we've got uh, uh, some matches for you in Edmonton. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I can go visit my cousins in Edmonton and, and do the boxing tournament or whatever. And I get there and I see all the signs. Golden Gloves, Alberta, Golden Gloves, Alberta. So I got... I did fairly well. I won one and lost one, um, but I wound up finishing fourth overall, um, which I thought was pretty good for only six mm. months of experience. Um, uh, but in Saskatchewan, really just the way it was at the time with the, the government commission stuff, it was really, really hard finding boxing matches. Um, and so I kind of got a little bored after another six months or so where I, I couldn't really get fights and just in the gym grinding all day and it gets kind of boring. So I decided to try a couple new things. I tried Muay Thai. Um, which is the, the sport of Thai boxing where you're now kicking knees and elbows and this kind of stuff. Um, really, really like that. <clears throat> and then uh, I wound up uh, moving to Halifax for a summer, just for fun during university. I didn't want to be in the boring prairies anymore. And there I started uh, training at an MMA gym that had a handful of current UFC fighters. So people who were on the UFC roster were training in the gym. Um, and I got asked to be a sparring partner with some of those guys because of my boxing experience. So I got very, very quickly thrust into like, oh, these are professional high level fighters competing in the highest, um, highest echelon of fighting there was. And they were dragging me in for, to be their sparring partners. Now, slightly glorified term. I don't think I won any of those rounds, but um, it was a, a heck of a learning experience. And because of that, I started to see like, oh, there's, 
there's actually a, a sport and a pipeline here. Because when I was coming up and you'd see boxing and you'd watch UFC and MMA on TV, you're like, oh, that's a crazy spectacle. Like, look mm -hmm. at this, these two dudes locked in a cage going at it. And that's kind of cool. And I already do boxing. It's kind of similar. Like, maybe that's something new. But <clears throat> it was the Wild West. The first amateur MMA show I ever went to was in Estevan, Saskatchewan, in a small little curling rink in the summer. So they just taken the ice out and put the cage down and stuff on the concrete. And they literally were pulling people out of the crowd for fights. Like, oh, oh you want to, uh, this guy's opponent said he can't do it. He had too many beers during his warm up, so he can't fight. Dude. And they were just pulling dudes out. So it was, it was chaos. It was the Wild West. Um, but when I went to that gym in Halifax, I got to see, oh, there's a, there's a route here like any other professional sport. You can be an amateur here and then you do this and then you do that. And then if you're good enough, you're going to start getting interest from these professional leagues and there's different levels to it and that kind of stuff. Um, went back to Saskatchewan. Um, I got really, really lucky during my internship teaching. Um, so I've, it's kind of a theme, but I've got really lucky with high level coaches. So the, my boxing instructor was a former, he was going to be on the Canadian junior Olympic team. Uh, but he unfortunately got, uh, in a case of mistaken identity, he got hit with a bottle over the head in a nightclub, got severe brain damage, he had glass shards in his brain. Um, wow. And so he was no longer allowed to box, so he had to coach. So <clears throat> amazing, amazing coach. Moses Ali at New Line Boxing is amazing. Um, and then I got lucky going to Halifax and meeting those high-level coaches. Even the Muay Thai school I went to for a few months was a former Lumpany Stadium champion in Thailand, which is a fairly big deal to the Muay Thai community. Um, and then when I came back to do my teaching internship in Saskatchewan, the wrestling program at the high school I was at had a, uh, a lady who was trying out for the world championship team to try and compete for Canada at the world championships and her coach. So I was like, Hey, look, can I all help you guys do like lunchtime conditioning? If you let me jump in and like wrestle with your big guys and learn some wrestling and that kind of stuff. So I got into wrestling, did that during my internship from there, I wound up getting to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, at Queen City Martial Arts in Regina um, and kind of at that point I collected almost all of the the relevant martial arts for MMA, boxing, Muay Thai, um, wrestling, jiu-jitsu. So after I'd done a couple years of jiu-jitsu and everything I moved to uh, MMA. So I competed in Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a couple years. I think I did six or seven tournaments, won a handful of them, got on the podium for most of them um, and then moved to MMA. And MMA in Saskatchewan was again pretty tricky it was actually outlawed for a little bit um in saskatchewan because of stuff like where i was telling you where they're pulling people out of the crowd to have fights so the government stepped in and was like no you guys you gotta grow up you can't do this we're gonna make it illegal um and then one day the ufc came calling and they started putting a commission together again so i was competing had a heck of a time trying to find fights it's it's a bit of a wild west coaches and managers don't always want to put um because I'm technically an O and O fighter in MMA going up with somebody else who's O and O, but quick Google search and all oh, this guy did golden gloves, boxing and one jujitsu tournaments and this kind of thing. It's, it's not the easiest fight for a beginner fighter. So I had a heck of a time finding matches until uh, April, 2017, when I got to go to Lethbridge where there was an open competition for the team Canada tryouts for amateur MMA world championships. Um, so it's a tournament where, you just show up, everybody who wants to be in whatever weight class shows up and weighs in, then they put together a draw from there. Everybody fights and the, the top two in each weight class are on Team Canada and they get to go, if they want, they get to go to the uh, 2017 World Championships, uh, Amateur World Championships. So I, uh, I won my first fight um, by knockout in 45 seconds. Um, 
which was really, really good. It's uh, I'm happy that one got recorded and got put on YouTube. So now I've got something to point and brag to every once in a while. Um, my second fight uh, was a couple days later on pay-per-view. Um, unfortunately, I lost that fight also in 45 seconds. Um, but I found out shortly a couple weeks later that I'd actually had a, uh, I'd torn my ACL again. So I'd fought both fights with a, a torn ACL, which was part of the reason why I couldn't use my left leg very well. Um, so I qualified, I managed to play second in the weight class, uh, qualified to go to the 2017 IMAF World Championships, but with uh, a torn ACL and surgery on the horizon, I, I had to turn it down. Um, so that was April, 2017, um, right to turn down that spot. And five months later, six months later, I moved out here to Prince Rupert. Um, and so, having a torn knee it was just a couple of years of doing surgery and then rehab and then working my way back and then once I kind of got back to shape that's when we uh, I started the wrestling program and the civic center called and we're kind of back to where we started that's awesome so you've always had this passion for the martial arts <clears throat> yeah it was it was a really weird thing because I, I did karate when I was a kid um, like a lot of people do, their parents always oh, want to give you discipline and, ha, ha, and you're screaming <laughs> at the mirror and breaking balls. Yeah. yeah. But I, I had this weird moment where I was a kid where I went to, I actually went to the Saskatchewan Provincials for karate. And I trained for, for karate for a couple of years, but even as a little kid, I was like, how come we're not hitting anybody? Like we're just hitting boards and like punching the air. Like this is weird. So we go to Provincials and I'm like, oh, now we'll actually get to do some sparring and some hitting or whatever. No go to provincials we're literally like 10 yards from the opponent and we have to like punch the air and they have to pretend to block and do this whole thing so i did the competition wound up getting a couple bronze medals and on the car ride home my parents are like are you super excited to like go back to the dojo and show off your medals and i was like i'm quitting karate this is the most nonsense thing ever like you're not hitting anybody you know like what is this we're just dancing so i quit got involved with basketball and volleyball and that kind of stuff but both my um little brother and little sister both wrestled in high school so i'd kind of like i'd seen what was going on and that kind of thing and then um it just so happened when i kind of got my opportunity to get involved in martial arts when i was a little later than most 20 21 years old something like that it just happened to catch me hook line and sinker so it was, it was just waiting there and i hadn't taken the opportunity i think until i was in my early 20s that's fascinating so now that you're back in prince rupert and you've opened up um muscle panda mm -hmm. how did the the business idea come from that <clears throat> i didn't plan on being a business owner um i was basically just planning on keeping it super simple as like a, a kind of part-time side job um just coaching at the recreation center just carrying my own insurance and a website and that kind of thing so it makes it easier to i can kind of pick and choose my projects at that point um and then when covid hit and then all of a sudden i was doing the one-on-ones and i just wanted to do it for a summer or two maybe make some money back and then when the civic center opens up we'll go again but when the uh when my one-on-one -on -one roster filled up with clients uh and then i was faced with i had to tell most of them that i was going back to school and those times were going to be gone for training and i was started floating the idea of like well would you guys be interested in classes uh they're like oh yeah you know like maybe that's something i can do um so i kind of just took a shot in the dark and i was like well <clears throat> i've saved up I think I'd saved up about four or five grand at that point for, I was starting to save for a down payment for a house. Uh, and I was like, well, why don't I just take that and buy 
martial like the we need a special type of kind of quality mat for jujitsu and wrestling that kind of stuff you're picking up 300 pound men and slamming them down on the ground so they got to be high quality mats to protect each other um so i wound up spending um yeah i wound up spending that money on the mats got a payment plan got in genetics and had a space to put the mats and then started doing classes um they were received fairly well at the start and then because if you remember right covid kind of locked everything down started slowly opening up towards the end of that first summer and then right around november just doors closed again everything was closed over christmas and all that kind of stuff so we uh yeah we opened up it was fairly popular kind of went okay and then we got closed down right away again um so then it was for the next year it's just a matter of bouncing back and forth and it kind of became this thing where I'd, I'd already had it started so i didn't want to give up on it where it was like i we got the mats and there are 20 or 30 people who seem to be interested in doing this stuff so i want to like keep it going and it kind of kept it wound up being this oh in a couple months we'll be back to normal and i'll be able to like have some fun start making the money back or whatever that kind of thing and it just kept except a couple months and then shut down and a few more months there and then shut down and then a few more months but now super restrictions so it became kind of a game of whack-a-mole where i was just creating different programs to try and fit within the rules for the members that i did have uh and then all of a sudden we're two years into it and uh the big thing that kicked off was our youth program so i started youth programs because we i'm a teacher and i've I've been coaching summer camps and youth programs and all that kind of stuff forever. So a lot of martial arts coaches aren't a big fans of coaching kids because it's chaos and screaming and they're tying their geese all over their heads and all kinds of craziness. But I was used to it. So I was like, let's start some youth programs and get those going. So those um, pretty much sold out the first two times we offered them. Um, so I figured with that kind of response, I might as well keep offering those. And then that old programs will kind of slowly fill up over time uh was kind of the plan and that's basically what we did for the last year or so and then we got to this point where uh genetics was expanding um she wanted to add some new equipment and that kind of stuff we were starting to get a little too big for the space that we had um and she didn't want to give up more space so we started looking for a new spot uh and that was that was an experience in prince rupert mm -hmm. trying to find an empty yeah. spot to lease it was wild i think we i think i talked to we talked to three or four different spots where we they'd offered us a lease or at least showed us the lease we hadn't quite signed it yet and then a couple of days later they yanked it and sold the building instead so that happened a few times um and then uh a few more people who we called and we were like hey i see this building is empty yeah. i'm interested in leasing it and whatever because we're we're actually fairly like martial arts clubs are fairly easy at least we need a big open space we're just going to throw our stuff down on the floor worst case scenario we hang a few things off like hang some heavy bags off a rafter or whatever but they they were like no we want to keep it empty and i was super confused i was like what like what are you talking about they're like no we just don't want to do it i'm just going to keep it empty so I, i'm not entirely sure the reasoning or whatever but that was a that was a bit of an interesting process was finding empty buildings people wanted to keep empty and the people selling buildings on us and that kind of thing and then uh we kind of got lucky and i decided to poke my head into the museum because i knew the gymnastics club had moved out of there uh over the winter so checked to see what their pricing was and if it was available and it was available and the price was reasonable so we decided to uh take a big step and we basically quadrupled the amount of space we're going to have um so i'm working on getting we're getting more wrestling mats um 
both so we can put them in the new facility and so we can hold uh, tournaments for jujitsu and wrestling right here in Prince Rupert instead of having to drive everywhere else to compete. Um, and we're getting uh, we're getting our boxing ring set up. We have a boxing ring that we're going to be setting up to use for competitions and training, as well as a whole whack of strength training equipment. So even before um, when I was coming back from my knee surgery, <clears throat> before I started coaching martial arts camps, I was working with genetics, uh, with Yvonne at genetics, and I was coaching barbell classes. So I had a really, really popular barbell for beginners program out of genetics. Um, so we're going to be bringing that back uh, in the new facility at Muscle Panda, um, as well as some new classes. And I'll be trying to see if I can start working together with some of the other um, sort of fitness clubs and people in town to see if we can get some programs going together at the new facility. I love that every entrepreneur that I've been spoke, spoken to on Let's Get Down to Business speaks about collaboration with the rest of the community. And I, I really, I love the, the business community that really sticks together and wants to see how we can work together in order to serve the community better and to serve the, the people that we have in a way that we haven't maybe done before. So what yeah, other... It, hmm? it, it's also just a simple practicality too. Like I have in a we're not really a people call us some people joke around about being a small town but i worked in real small town saskatchewan a population of 1200 where an entire k-12 to school was 200 students right so that's that's a tiny town where you're like i gotta drive three towns over to find a proper grocery store that kind of stuff um now that being said we are smaller than most cities and that kind of thing um so we kind of have a limit like if we're in vancouver and i'm running a Vancouver can have the luxury of running just a jujitsu school and they can have classes 6 a.m., 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 5 p.m., 8 p.m., that kind of thing. And there's whatever it is now, like 5 million people in the vicinity, right? They got a ton to draw from. So um, the nature of MMA kind of works well with doing a lot of different programs because there's a lot of different aspects to it. Um, and same with the fitness. And at a certain point in time, I'm only one person with only so many hours in a day. And this facility is like, especially the new facility we have and the equipment and stuff we're gonna have in there. If I'm not there running classes or my employees or coaches aren't running classes, then why can't someone else? The equipment's just there gathering dust, right? So if somebody else can find a way to offer something that's useful to the community, that's just gonna bring more people in the door anyway. Maybe we'll wind up catching a few customers that way, or maybe it winds up being something that my members already like and they're like oh cool now i can also add this to my routine and to my mm -hmm. thing and that's going to help us out so it just it's a necessity sort of being in a small town like this where you just you have to try and find ways to uh to kind of provide your members with the things they need and sometimes you have to provide them with the things they didn't know they needed that is true that's that's very true um so what are the the next thing that's coming up for muscle bandit um, so in September, we're going to be kind of hitting the ground running with some new stuff. So we'll be, the big new thing is going to be adding our, uh, our barbell program back. So I've got a beginner and intermediate, um, sort of class. They'll be working out similar times, the same stuff, but the beginners program is amazing. It, I've done it. Oh, shoot, I think I've put a couple hundred people through that program now. Um, and it's, I pretty much guarantee it's effectiveness. It's, it's really, really solid, um, for people of just about any skill level. So couch potatoes, overweight, underweight, everything in between, uh, former athletes, people who've never been an athlete in their entire life. It's a really, really simple program and it works really well. And then 
what we try and do at Muscle Panda and the thing I've always tried to do with all my classes is we create a, a supportive environment. So the members in that class, everybody's doing something similar. We all have similar goals. We all want to be a little healthier, be a little happier, make more friends. Uh, we're in this rainy city all the time. So we got to find ways to entertain ourselves and find community inside. This happens to be something that we can all kind of jump in on and days when I'm having a bad day and I don't feel like going, at least I know. And I get there, Susie's jacking me up and give me elbows. How you doing? What you doing? You're going to kick, you're going to kick butt today and slay that lift, that kind of stuff. So if you, if we can create that kind of community at the gym, it's something that people it's one of those things, like I said, it's almost something people don't know they need sometimes. So yeah. working out by yourself, uh, yeah, go get your drop-in pass for whatever gym, show up and do your routine, run on your cardio. Yeah, you can do it. It'll keep you healthy. But are you going to be looking forward to doing that same stuff for five, 10 years? Whereas if we can get classes going the way we run our programs and um, the way that we kind of build it so that everybody's finding success along their own path, you're going to want to keep going for two, three, four, five, 10 years, new people come in, old people leave, you make new friends, you get to wind up going from an athlete to a coach to a mentor, and then your kids wind up joining down the road and all that kind of stuff. So we really want to, we really do believe in creating an atmosphere. Um, Cause the things, the things that we do is everything's intimidating. Everything we do at muscle panda can be intimidating staring through the front door, right? Where we got geese on and we're tackling each other to a mat and holding each other down and chewing chokes or punching each other in the face for fun on Saturday afternoons. And we're under these heavy barbells and people are grunting and screaming, like it's intimidating stuff. But the, the real truth of it is everyone at a fight gym or a strength training gym or anything like that, we all want to help the beginners because we all were beginners at some point. We all understand that like, oh my God, this is so intimidating or holy crap, I got to get under that bar and then down and up again. Whoa, this is going to be nuts. Um, but every single person who's good at it or who's better at it now was in that same stage. And so when you can gather all those people in the same spot and get them together on similar schedules, it's that old saying, right? A rising tide lifts all ships. Um, so when everybody's working together to improve, it just makes everyone better. And then that winds up trickling out to the community in all sorts of different ways too. So how can someone book classes with uh, Muscle Panda? How, they can, how can they get hold of you? Um, so right now, uh, I'm just slowly revamping the website. We have uh, online purchases for most for our day camps right now for kids. Um, you can get those. You can uh, do your full membership purchase online. We've got links to our, our square purchase website on our website, musclepandamma.ca. Um, our adult programs, um, feel free to email me. We have a free trial link on our website too. But the best thing to do for the adult programs is just to show up. And if you're not sure when to show up, shoot me an email. Um, I'm pretty accessible. We can get a hold of you. What is get the email address? Uh, it's just dane, D-A-N-E, at musclepandamma.ca. Um, trying to keep it simple mostly so I don't forget it. Um, so yeah, we've got those programs. Uh, we'll have membership or registration online. Uh, if you have any questions, or things, you can always shoot me an email. We can figure figure something out for one way or the other, um, as well as, yeah, so that's kind of how to get a hold of me. And for the rest of the business community in Prince Rupert, what mm. are some of the advice that you can give them, especially someone that wants to start out or, or doing a new business here in Prince Rupert? What are some of the advice that you can give them? Um, so I, when I moved here, I started noticing that you, you get this question a lot when you come from somewhere else and you move to Prince Rupert. It's how do you like the rain, right? All the time, how do you like the rain? How do you deal with it? How do you like the rain? How do you like the rain? Well, I came from Saskatchewan where six months of the year, it's minus 40. 
the roads are god awful and it's flat there's no mountains to ride down and take your snowboard out or whatever it's just a cold frozen flat wasteland for six months of the year so i don't have to be in a frozen wasteland for six months and the cost is i get a little bit wet sometimes like it's not a big deal you just kind of everywhere has its its downsides and its perks and yeah it rains a lot in prince rupert but there's always a week in January where it's five degrees and sunny and I get to go golfing in the middle of January and take selfies and send them to my buddies back home. You know, like, what's the weather over there? Like, right. So that's how I've tried to have the same attitude to the, especially during COVID where it was like, Oh my God, the restrictions are changing this, that, or the other thing. And I can turn around and look at it and go like, look, everyone's making everything impossible. Or I can just, shut up scream into the wall when i'm home by myself to get the anger out or whatever and just figure out a way to keep adapting right so if if the things in business oh the they don't exactly like what i'm offering this program isn't going as well as i hoped or that kind of thing then adapt it change it we got to try and find a way to get uh people in the door with what they want right you're not trying to proselytize and trick people into getting the thing you want you want to offer them something that they need and as long as you're doing that, you're offering it with good quality and professionalism, they're going to keep coming back. That's really good advice. And um, is there anything else that you'd like to, to still, maybe not just advice, but to inspire some of our listeners? So I kind of stumbled into, um, I stumbled into a lot of things um, in my life. <laughs> um, I only played volleyball because my PE teacher again tricked me into going into a volleyball practice, set a basketball practice, stumbled into a boxing gym, got tricked into sparring, and stumbled into this, that, or the other thing. Um, and it kind of worked out the same with Muscle Panda, where it was, we had a plan to be at the Civic Center, and then that kind of didn't work out. And then the one of the ones, and then it kept growing, and this, that, or the other thing. But with everything I've ever done, once I was into it, um, I was 100%, 110% all the way into it. When I was boxing and it was like, oh, hey, we're at the Golden Gloves. Surprise. It was like, okay, well, I'm going to win Golden Gloves. If I'm going to be here, I'm going to do the damn thing, right? So that's what I'm trying to do with Muscle Panda 2. Um, if there's other business owners and local business owners out there, we're trying to do some really awesome things that aren't just dragging members into our clubs. We want to start a series of martial arts tournaments and events and make Prince Rupert the northern hub for combat sports, strength and conditioning events, that kind of thing. I have a handful of adult athletes right now who've been trying. We've been trying by trying and trying and trying to go through the normal routes to get them into the competition circles and event circles down in the lower mainland, and it's not happening. And I can't really blame the promoters and the organizers down there because why would they spend all that money to get Prince Rupert, or even if they're not spending money, we're paying our own way down, but they've got all the extra hassle. Okay, these guys are staying in a hotel and got to get them here and back and forth. And are they going to be here on time? And oh, what if the flight's canceled? Is that going to affect the event? All of that nightmare when they've got a guy just down the street who can do the same fight, right? But as a result, that means that I know for a fact that there's athletes in Prince George and Fort St. John and Dawson Creek and even elsewhere in Northern BC, Kamloops even, it's easier for them to go to Alberta to get competition than to do it right here in Northern BC. So we've got all these, these talented athletes and clubs and there's youth that do it, not just the adults who want to compete, 
because this is what the sport is training all day just gets boring you want to compete you want to have a chance even if even when you get to being an old broken dude like me it's a chance to get out of town it gives you an excuse to go to a city and then you get to go out and have drinks and food with friends and meet new people and all that kind of stuff so it's fun but everybody's got to go to a different province or because they can't even get in down south so there's a big need for that and we're trying to fill that we're trying to have make Prince Rupert the spot where, hey, we're going to have two or three big kickboxing shows in the arena or in a, some sort of big show like that two or three times a year, hopefully more. We're going to have jujitsu and wrestling tournaments. We're going to try and bring up members of Team Canada and Canada training camps up here to train our youth. We've got development programs in place right now with BC Wrestling, with Muay Thai BC. Uh, I'm a registered professional MMA and judge and referee or sorry, professional judge and referee for MMA. I'm also a registered official with BCWA, trying to be registered official with Muay Thai BC. We're trying to make Prince Rupert the spot to be for these kind of events. And these are some of the fastest growing sports in the world. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu right now is probably the fastest growing sport all around the world. It's a non-contact martial art that 70-year-old grandfathers can do with their five-year-old grandsons. Um, you can do it all ages. Anybody can start. You're not starting kickboxing or wrestling in your fifties, or at least you're not doing the sparring part. Maybe you're hitting the bag and that kind of thing, but you can start in your seventies with jujitsu and get into sparring and those kinds of things. And there's no worth for tournaments. I have two or three young athletes in our club right now who have to spend 500 to a thousand bucks every single time they want to go to a competition because all the competitions are in Vancouver. Mm. So we've got a girl right now who's kicking butt. She's been to two tournaments and she's got five gold medals right but she had to pay two thousand bucks for all those gold medals or whatever it wound up mm -hmm. being for travel whereas the kids in langley who got to compete every other weekend because all they have to do is hop on a bus or a sky train or catch a ride with uncle downtown and they get to compete right so we're trying to do our best to bring that stuff up here and unfortunately being in prince rupert that means more cost um but it also means that it's kind of an underserved thing right now so we're trying to find uh, other businesses and other organizations that want to work with us to try and make those kinds of amazing opportunities happen. Because whether it's adults or youth, uh, combat sports and martial arts are very, very unique experience. They just, they offer an experience that basketball, volleyball, football, soccer, or hockey, it's just different. It is, there's no way to truly convince someone or explain it other than for them to try it and do it for a while. Um, but especially for youth, it provides um, an outlet that a lot of them might not have. Unfortunately, with basketball, especially in a small town, by the time you get to upper level high school, there's only going to be 12 kids on that senior high school team, mm -hmm. right? There might only be, and the, the all-native basketball tournament does a great job of involving people around here, but that's once a year, right? We're about the other 11 months of the year. Um, so martial arts, combat, you can have a wrestling team with 80 kids. And you can have a jujitsu program with 120 kids. There's no limits. There's no limits on what we do as far as how many kids we can get involved in sport. And especially we know in Prince Rupert, if we can get these kids involved in sport, they're a lot less likely to be dipping their toes in some of the things that we'd rather not have our kids be doing around town. Yeah. Right. And it works similarly for adults too. Um, being in a town remote and isolated like this, you have to find ways to find community and find hobbies and stay busy and that kind of thing. And we're just trying to offer one of those outlets off. Uh, outlets for adults too and it's unique we stay in shape make friends um the mental benefits of jujitsu are uh, jujitsu kickboxing competing in any sort of martial art are 
hard to explain, but undeniable. And anybody who's done it for any length of time can speak to that. So um, yeah, we really think that it's, it's offering a, a unique service, um, a unique experience. And we're just hoping that uh, some, uh, some of my peers and some of the other businesses and organizations around town want to help get involved. Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Dan. It's so great to have you. And let's get down to business. Um, listeners, if you want to get reached out, you know how to reach him on his website, reach out to him on social media, or even on his, his email, please do reach out. And Dan, it was such a pleasure to have you on Let's Get Down to Business. We'll see you guys Thanks. next time. Thanks, Daphne. Thank you for listening to the Let's Get Down to Business with the Prince Rupert and District Chamber of Commerce. If you would like to be featured as a guest on a future episode, please email us at rupertchamber at gmail.com or direct message us on Facebook or Instagram at Prince Rupert Chamber. <laughs>